Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anyways, welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jason. That's Mitch, and that's John. And yes, once again, we don't have a guest. Why? Because, you know, we're Wait, wait. We're starting? Yeah, why not? I'm not ready. Oh, we're God. rolling. Who we're has rolling. <laughs> There's our cold open. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, it's marketing's job to create the awareness that a that product exists, then to get people familiar with it. You know, not all advertising. I think people get caught up on this, especially lately. Not all advertising is direct response. It's not all about, you know, you show an ad and that person goes and takes the action. It's, it's top of mind awareness. When they do walk down the aisle at the liquor store, they may not give a damn about wine. They may be buying it for a random date night they could be buying it because they just feel like trying wine they're not aware of the intricacies they're just going to look and find the thing that maybe they've heard about or seen somebody else have or or talk about and that's marketing prettiest label yeah yeah and if it is top of mind they're just going to buy that one brand you can put in front of them whatever you want but they want that one because they know it and to shake them off that to try something different it's marketing's job to persuade them to try something different you know mm-hmm. wine a is a great wine nothing about it wrong but have you tried b and c brand and they marketing's job to kind of like do that if branding mm-hmm. has made b and c look like a mm-hmm. it's like it's like dating i mean you have to get an introduction before you go out with somebody you have to yeah. be introduced to that person then you have to be then you have to get acquainted in such a way that you feel comfortable spending time with that person and that's what that I mean that, <laughs> what, do what that and money and money well yeah there's that too yeah, there's, there's that, that too yeah. there's well, that you have to have a budget the phrases you know I mean in in the marketing space it's increasing trial right and that's big in things like liquor because there's so many different things available so many different products and so commoditized increasing trial is a huge you know element of, of growing your customer base they just got to try the product that's why you see people walking around in costco and they're giving away samples it's literally all to the to the point of just getting that person to buy that product once and if you've got a good product and you follow up with them you know in a good customer experience type of way theoretically they're going to keep coming back but the, it all yeah. starts at that trial phase i was kind of amazed a couple of years ago i walked into one of the big liquor outlets here one of the larger ones and I'd never seen that many sampling stations in a in a liquor environment. And I, I texted my wife. I said, you know, we could come have a cocktail hour here and not spend a dime. We might even have to get an Uber to go home. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you have to get people to experience that. And I walked out, I walked out with a bottle of a brand of rum 
and I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge rum drinker, but I tasted it and it was a unique, unique enough experience. I thought I might like to have this around. So to your point, you have to get people to actually engage with it and experience it. If you want them, if you want to build, have a chance of being a repeat customer or build market share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to the example I gave, it's like people will still buy, those people will still buy wine A, but it sounds like I'm Canadian, eh? Uh, but they will, they'll, they'll still, but now you've now B and C as they gravitated to that too. But what if, you know, A has ownership, what if it owns B and C and they're expanding the market, they're expanding, like they want you to see all of our wines, you know? I mean, that, that's a thing as well. So that trial, say that again, John, what's it called? Increasing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, literally is referring to trying the product for the first time and that's a that's a huge thing in any any market that's super commoditized and i'm not talking about like i mean in any sense it applies to any product but more so in those products that are you know there's a ton of competition and not like buying a car they're not trying to get you to buy a car for the first time so that you can become a repeat customer necessarily i guess you could look at it that way in terms of a a long term or a long buying cycle but you know you're walking through a a walmart and the type of detergent that you buy you know there's a reason that tide is always advertising even though they have control of the market um they want you to keep coming back and then they want those new people who are buying game or whatever else i don't even know the other brands see i mean <laughs> you got to know the brands before you can even consider them but they're trying to there aren't that many Wow. Yeah, just, I they, use gain. I we know. have both. We have both <laughs> because because the ladies in the household like the way gain smells on bath towels. Hmm. Oh, huh, interesting! Isn't that something? It yeah. is. Yeah, Mitch lives with uh, uh, a bunch of ladies, two daughters, <laughs> and obviously a wife. So his world. Everybody right now that's listening, they're like, eh, we feel you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do think it's in, from, a, from a product standpoint. I wonder how many other households there are out there that have a similar kind of thing where they have, they might have more than one. And actually, well, there's probably more than one brand of detergent in there because then there's also the kind that they use for that because they have lots of dresses and mm-hmm. pants and shirts very, that are, they want to protect the color. They're very particular about protecting the color. So they have a particular type of detergent that's made just to protect color. So that's, Ooh. that's three. It just, I mean, yeah. this could be a whole other, a whole podcast segment. But then there's babies, you know, I mean, they have their own detergent. That's, you know, yep. we went through that phase. We went through that phase. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So never underestimate the product you're selling and the market value and what you can do with it. Cause I mean, it, geez, you just, uh, there's so many people that, that could come in. I mean, I, we've, I've had some conversations recently about, you know, they want to get to know their audience. And I'm like, well, honestly, you probably have audiences. You just don't know like who they are. And your branding is not, your branding is speaking in general terms to one audience. And, you, you know, you really need to like figure out how to say one message, one thing, but still keep in mind that as you go through the tones of your brand and the copy, like some people may respond to the playfulness of it. Some people, another segment, may respond to the formality of it or the professionalism of the tone. And then, so you have to kind of consider that when de- developing your brand. 
and uh, you know that's got to be there. Uh, otherwise, your marketing team is kind of shooting in the dark, and they've got an idea. Not to default them at all, but they've got an idea, and they've got a Canva subscription. <laughs> and they're just gonna make something because they got stuff. Uh, Spark. They got stuff that's got right. They got stuff that's got to go out and get done. Because they got Google ads they got to buy. They got radio ads getting ready to hit and go out. They got all kinds of media buys, things going on. So they just need that. But they don't have any sort of branding guide or standards to kind of look at and go like, oh, I shouldn't be writing copy like that that sounds that way because I'm totally going to turn off the audience from wanting to even read that or see it or engage with it. And therefore, all that millions and billions I spent on media is wasted because nobody engaged because of that ad. So it's Off tone. Yeah, that's how important off brand. Yeah, that's how important branding is and and how it fits in brand identity. Like I said, talking to people and explaining, like you know, like I think this happens to everybody, right? Like when you get into your mid twenties, you kind of get into that. I think some people call it self actualization, where you just kind of feel comfortable with yourself, who you are, where you're at. You don't really care as much what people think anymore. Um, that sometimes it happens later for people than than others. Mine was when I was 26. I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's um, about the age. Yeah. So when your brand is that way, when you're that way in your business, it's like our job to help get you there so that you're comfortable with what you're saying and it doesn't feel like you're trying to sell. It doesn't feel mechanical uh, or you're trying to create a bunch of parakeets in your organization. Brand identities develop because it is your identity. So we don't want you to be disingenuous with who you are. You have to be authentic. So if you're a jerk and the copy is written in a way that makes you sound arrogant, then that audience that you're targeting, that's probably your audience. That's probably just who works for you. But if you're that way and you're trying to reach a different audience, it's the complete opposite of that tone. And, you know, they're going to realize really quickly when engaging with you and talking with you personally, like that ain't, that ain't who. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So we have to, we can determine that. So, you know, again, you know, if you're a jerk, okay. But, you know, if you're not, you know, we, we want to talk to you. That's why we talk to you when we get to know you, because we're trying to figure out your identity, like who you are as a person, because that's going to come out into your personal branding as well. So if you're in an organization and you're like, well, I got my own. We talked about this with John Stephen Stancil, or JS as we call him, um, about social media and employees using social media and kind of having their own brand within the company that they're personifying and that they work for. We, we, you can go back, check out that episode. Very interesting story brought up by John about um, Sherman Williams paint and things that happened with TikTok and all that. Recommend that. Um, but every company's going to have personalities that kind of just, they, these people are, they stand out. So take advantage of them, help them know what the boundaries are in personal branding. Or if you are the owner and you're the personal brand, help, you got to figure out how to segue that to your, your business at some point. Mm-hmm because um, it's okay to have a personal brand. And sometimes personal branding happens by accident. If there's a, if, you, if you're out there listening, man, you know who I'm talking to. I'm not going to say his name. But he uh, has a dog. dog's name's Rocco. And he posts about that. It's fun stuff on LinkedIn about Rocco. Everybody knows him as Rocco. That's not his name. That's his dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> so he's developed a personal brand around the dog, but the name of the dog, it's kind of like the Indiana Jones. You remember that? I don't remember. Mitch is like, we named the dog Indiana. That was yeah, we named the dog Indiana. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, th- this podcast does not have reading reflection upon Sean Connery or any impressions. Therefore, it is legal. Um, I don't know what that was. I was just trying to make a disclaimer. 
Uh, so anyways, yeah, I mean, eventually your personal brand is going to come out and you just need to figure out how to tie it to your business brand. That's all. Or keep them apart. True. Sometimes it's better to keep them apart. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I mean, ser- it, it, seriously, if it doesn't, I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't in some tangible way help the brand, you don't want them to connect. You want them to stay independent of one another. Um, you got to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, John and I've talked about it because, you know, we, we wanted to develop personal brands for ourselves, even for you, Mitch, to kind of get that going. It just takes, it takes a really long time. I've got a head start on the two of you because, you know, I've had, you know, past company I've owned and, and I am Jason Davis is my handle on Twitter. And, you know, it's just, it's what I used to put myself out there. And I am Jason Davis. I know it sounds arrogant, but it's not arrogant. It's actually, I was, I was playing on words because huh, I am Groot. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, you know, at least you did. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I don't use that as an entryway for nerd brand at all. Like, if you find out about that, you're going to find out about that way after you've engaged with us and you get to know nerd brand. Like, you know, for right now, for some of the people listening to this, they're like, really? That's a, that's a thing? Yeah, I am Jason Davis is a thing, but I don't do those things anymore. Even on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that it, it was a... It's kind of like an era of time when I was working for people, but also consulting. And that's what I, that's the umbrella I did it under. And I was just kind of like that, that was an identity for me. Um, I still have it because I, I wanted to keep that handle. But at the end of the day, it's like nerd brand is how you find me. Uh, so it was, it was something that was pretty easy to pivot because it was not as public, you know, when I was doing it anyway, but other people are developing their brands while their business is going. So yeah, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky matter to, you know, do we, how to separate them, like you said, Mitch, if it benefits or not. But um, anybody can Google what is personal branding. I was going to pull up Google here on the show and just search for personal branding, but I got to thinking, like, I don't want to drive Zoom nuts, maybe, or break something. And uh, plus, we already had, like, Mitch take a bathroom break. So we, you know, that's enough entertainment for that. Um, but Google does have definite definition. If you Google what is personal branding, it will give you a definition. But the one thing that, like I said, that I find is, is that you, you, you kind of look for a term and you find the definition, but there's like no really practical tie in to how, what is, how's that used? What is the application of that? And, uh, we try to help with that as much as possible too, to actually provide that. So when people talk about telling your brand story, sometimes your brand story is like, you've had this interaction with a successful uh, customer and you did these things for them. And that becomes the brand story because it actually highlights exactly what you do. Cause you're, you're saying like, I started here with them. They had this issue. I resolved it. They're happy. Rinse and repeat to the next person or next client, whatever. Um, you know, you can develop stories out of that to connect with people that want to use you for those business services because They'll see the truth in that. They'll see the authenticity in that. Authenticity. Authentic. Yep. <laughs> More coffee, everybody. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I mean, if, you, if you look at some examples, and they're examples that everybody talks about, but they're, they're easy to relate with. Like Elon Musk. You know when the guy sits down and does an interview, you're going to get a certain type of response. You're going to get intelligent, thoughtful answers. If you approach his products or you follow along with what he's doing, it's all very much 
there's there's a very common thread with how he approaches everything he does from what I've seen. I'm, I'm, I'm no Elon Musk biographer, but like I've watched some interviews and I'm aware of what he's doing. It's all very along the lines of confident intelligence kind of thing. Like he's just, you can't break the guy. Um, he's going to have a good answer to a tough question, no matter what you ask him. And it's going to be, you know, he's not dramatic. He's not going to be exaggerating. He's just very to the point and, and matter of fact. That's that's one type of personal brand, but it extends into his, you know, to Tesla and everything else he's got going on. You look at somebody like Ryan Reynolds, you know, and I, I recently listened to him on a podcast. I can't remember the name. Oh, what was that? That one that uh, Brian brought up, Mitch, I think it's name, Nameless, something yes. like that. But they, it's Will Arnett and a couple other celebrities. I can't remember their names, but they had Ryan Reynolds on as a guest. And it's like his personality in real life is exactly his personality most of the time in his movies. You know, it's quippy, it's it's uh, quirky and intelligent humor. Um, and he's built a whole brand around that. So now every time he touches something, every time he makes a movie, every time he does a, you know, a product promotion with Aviation Gin, uh, it's always along those lines. It's all you, you you know what to expect, and he delivers on that time and time again to the point where you're like, all right, if I touch anything that Ryan Reynolds is associated with, I'm going to get this experience. And if you want that experience, you know where to go. So, I mean, from a personal branding standpoint and then moving it into a business, I think those are two good examples of, of how the thread kind of connects through all of that. Yeah. Uh, the, when, when the brand is when the brand is so closely tied to a personality. Yeah. To 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 a, the personality of one of the principals or the principal of the organization. I mean that that's kind of a singular category of brand when you really think about it. The only other brand, I mean, when you think about Apple, Apple Apple's modern brand, and I'm talking about after. Um, Steve Jobs came back and he really fashioned that brand around his belief system about technology and how it and usability and how it should impact the end user. That's, that's another case. I think, I mean, that was probably, I guess in in this era, he was, that was probably the first, don't you think the first kind of major brand that was so closely tied to the persona Mm -hmm of the principle of the organization. Yeah, I th- I'd, I'd say so. I mean, when I hold my iPhone, it's like you you have a piece of Steve Jobs brain, <laughs> you know, in your hand. It's like you, there's just some incredible connection between, you know, if you watch some of his keynote speeches and his, you know, things at the, uh, the Apple conferences where they're releasing products and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you start using an Apple device. It's all, it's all very intertwined with him in some weird kind of mystical type of way. I'm trying to think that there's another example of a brand before that, before that era, I guess, what was that in the early mid to early, early mid two thousands, early two thousands with a person. Um, well, where, where it was so, yeah. Where that brand was so closely tied to the persona, the personality, the, the personal qualities of that founder or principal of the corporation. I can't think of anything. I can't either. I could be wrong. Steve Jobs is more of an icon. He's an icon for the baby boomer generation. Elon Musk is an icon for my generation, Generation X. And uh, the millennial generation, Johns, is 
TBD. <laughs> but <laughs> what? I mean, really, the, those our icons, I would say, for the most part, are seeing regular people get on YouTube and TikTok and and these other channels and create a personal brand and a business out of it. And it's not, you know, it's not at the level of uh, of an Oprah or something like that. But, you know, uh, I mean, you look at somebody like Jake Paul. I'm not super familiar with him, but I know that, you know, those guys are out there and everything they do. I mean, all the way up to recently fighting in UFC and building a brand in that environment. And, you know, he came from Vine. So he started in Vine. He moved to YouTube, you know, and he's a he's a kind of a I don't call him a prodigy I'm trying to think of the word but he's he's kind of an icon for you know the younger folks to be like oh he took these platforms and the internet and he just made an empire out of it I mean mm-hmm. he's selling Pokemon cards through it he wore a Pokemon card on a necklace to walk into his his UFC fight and it yeah, sold right. for crap loads of money and it's because he had you know in part because he had his hands on it yeah uh, monetization yeah, that's the thing that people, I think, underestimate the power of how much monetization does and can provide for income, you know, just on your website to monetize that. I mean, just a YouTube channel, like these YouTube channels and people that own them, they're corporations. They're, they're pretty big. They're not like somebody in a basement started out that way, but like all businesses, they eventually leave the basement, may look like the basement, but isn't. You know, when you look at the revenue streams, especially from the monetization of the videos themselves. Well, there's um, that. And I mean, they move into other other arenas. So like, I mean, the Kardashians and Kylie Jenner launching an e-commerce, you know, makeup company uh-huh. and becoming one of the, you know, whatever, whatever it was, the first, the youngest billionaire or millionaire or something like that ever, you know, and all kind of riding that personal branding and the reputation of that family you know and the entertainment that went along with that was a very easy leap to i won't oversimplify it but it was a a simpler leap to start a business off of that and then naturally sell through her social media where she already had millions of people associated with her for fashion and you know young women who are looking for makeup things like that yeah, so I think people, it'd be interesting because obviously none of us here wear makeup or are into that, but it'd be interesting to see like... That's what you think. <laughs> I think he's talking about you, Mitch. Um, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I think it's like, I wonder how many people look at, you know, the person in that arena, Kylie Jenner, or and, and associate her and her business brand. And, and if, if they like hear the business brand and know it's her or vice versa, unless they're both named. I don't know. I'm ignorant to that, but you know, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like at some point, you know, it's, it's the personality that was attached to the brand. And you brought up Apple, you know, Steve jobs was there intricate. It was just has con in concrete. That's the personal brand attached to Apple, but Apple was able to still continue on even after his unfortunate death. And, you know, today you say Tim Cook kind of like, huh? Mm. It just doesn't have that impact. And I don't know if it's just Mm -hmm. a personality thing or what it is, or it's a good thing because it's about Apple and it's about the products, not about Tim. Well, they call him Tim Apple. I don't know who started that. If that's an Apple thing that kind of like 
they planted the seed somewhere, but yep. a lot of people, a lot of people in the, in the marketing space, at least I've heard them, you know, refer to them as Tim Apple and I Tim Cook, which yeah. you know, building up a personal brand and association. I mean, yeah, they could. I mean, I do what they want. They got trillions of dollars. They're good. <laughs> well, and let me ask you guys a question and because, and not to make this all about Apple, but just personally, I, I think I've gotten the impression that Apple as a brand has wandered a little bit. It's wandered a little more kind of in the wilderness since Cook took over. It's not this, there doesn't seem to be in my mind as strong as a singular, as strong of a singular thread that is woven through their brand. It seems like it's gotten a little diffused. It seems like it's gotten a little, murkier is that just a perception on my part or are you guys seeing similar i would agree with that Uh, i mean i don't i can't think like when google started out their slogan if you for lack of a better way it was a slogan it's a belief it was like ours when we say everything is an ad that we mean that and there's a message there and google's was obviously don't be evil and that's kind of gone away it's really i don't even know if it's there anymore honestly but it was something that the founders had and for a long time think different was apple you know you thought of apple you kind of associated that but they ran a very strong print campaign to build that up to put that message there i don't know what the message is now i don't know what other than past the iconography of the logo i don't really know much you know the what's behind that anymore you know i don't other than it's still latched onto the, the creator you know i think when you watch their video or their commercials and things like that they're showing the creative use of the iPhone in particular video and, and photography. Um, but to your point, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a religious follower. I use their products every day. I'm not a religious follower, but I think part of maybe the, the stumble, if you want to call it, that is they're not, they're not just building computers, right? <laughs> now they're doing phones. Now they're doing any kind a lot of smart devices, watches and fitness trackers and things like that that i think as you expand your your product lines it's difficult to keep things intact you know as you used to mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i can see where it'd be a challenge for having more more actual physical products in the marketplace trying to tie that singular thread because i think it's still there i mean i i think deep down that that philosophy the why that we're so that we're so big on that why they do it is still there it's just that's not the message that's out front anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, here's the next cool gadget. And because it's Apple, you should be interested. Yeah. Well, Rather they're, than... They've got some severe, you know, severe increases in competition. This I mean, is true. In terms of market share outside of the US, I mean, the iPhone is not nearly as strong in, uh, around the world and in Europe, you know, one of their bigger markets. Here, it's like, I don't remember, 70% of the market share or something of, of, of phones. But you go to Europe and it's like significantly less. It's like 20. Android has, has you know. Yeah. Speaking of market share, uh, recently, a couple of days ago, I shared with you guys. And uh, we may just want to put this on our site just to kind of let people know about it. Because it's really fascinating. The market share and the value of WordPress in the economy and what it's worth. WordPress is, for those that don't know, is a content management system that was developed in 2003. Started out as a blogging platform. And now it's powering websites like Walt Disney Company. Um, you know, for a while it was serving the back end marketing engine for Uber. 
And so it's very much out there. Um, last I looked at, 35% of websites on the internet are powered by it. Um, of course, that's probably the top 10 million most popular sites like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, um, WAPO, uh, Washington Post. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, $636 billion is what that does. Now, that's in large in part WooCommerce, which is owned by WordPress because of the e-commerce engine that that is in there. But oh, that's an impressive amount of growth and market share. So it's a it's a great uh, case study and, and, and you know, uh, information that WP Engine, which is a really great hosting company, um, that released about that. Um, that was just, just a whopping number in comparison to where it was 10 years, just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and WordPress is still quite, bit, quite a bit an unknown animal and an obviously just still a misused one. <laughs> <laughs> see people i'm in all kinds of facebook groups for you know wordpress and marketing and business in general and that's every day i get on there i see somebody asking well i've got this use i really want to create a um, marketing engine and and create content and things like that and i'll see 10 comments being like well try webflow i'm like no just look at the statistics i mean you said 35 percent of websites when you dig into the the content management system market itself wordpress is what like 70 something percent of of cms's mm-hmm. there's a reason it's not just it's not just a, an anomaly yeah so, so are- hand-coded sites go down like that downhill uphill goes wordpress with that kind of with those kinds of sites in comparison to shopify webflow um squarespace yeah squarespace wix they occupy such a very tiny minutia. It's just so minute in comparison to WordPress, this study shows. And I've always told people like WordPress is like Corvette. You don't see Chevrolet doing too many Corvette commercials. I honestly haven't seen one in 10 years or more. And the only thing they did that for was some anniversary thing or something, I think, or whatever. And Or they needed more Silverado sales. So they threw the truck in there and then showed a Corvette and that was it, you know, cause Chevy doesn't need to advertise Corvette. Corvette's almost like its own thing. Like some people are wonder if it's even, is that Chevrolet? Well, yeah, it's always been Chevrolet. Um, fun fact, the, the, uh, the Chevrolet emblem is a bow tie cause Chevrolet was the, uh, you know, fancy dancy vehicle to buy at the time. That's why they did that. That's what that is. It represents a bow tie. Hmm. That's probably some useless knowledge for, I don't know, hundred percent of our audience. Anyway, Moving on. Can I share some more useless info? Here, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this. I'm going to go back to the podcast I was listening to. But uh, Ryan Reynolds, when he kind of made his break, he was 18 and he moved to L.A. and he was working at Safeway. And so I just thought that was a random cool fact that he went from <laughs> working, working the graveyard shift, he said, at Safeway to, you know, his superstardom here. Yeah. I think I, I think that, that I was talking to my wife the other day. I think it's interesting with Ryan Reynolds, and I don't know where this perception comes from in my head, but it just it is what it is. But to me, when I find out found out he was Canadian originally, I thought it was funny because you look at in so many of his movies, and just when he talks, there's a there's something about his personality to me that says native California. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That kind of laid that kind of laid back, a little quirky, um, tongue in cheek. Um well, he it just to, comes it just comes off as 
that seems like a very California persona. But he's Canadian. He's from, he's from yeah, they're across on the, the border to the north. Watch the Graham Norton show on YouTube. You can see some clips of interviews that he was doing. Uh, Will Smith was on there and um, somebody, a few, a couple of other actors anyway. Uh, he was he, he was sharing about that. He's like, yeah, the, the accent comes out when he goes back home to visit. And so he talks about like some of the sayings they do and everything. But the other thing that he shared on that episode was that he did the movie things like, you know, in a world, you know, he kind of <sighs> did that. And uh, Will Smith was like, really? And so he kind of did one on the couch with, you know, Will Smith, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Toby Jones, which was another uh, comedian actor. And, 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 and it's like, it's just what he did. <laughs> I haven't heard one of those movie open one those trailers, you know, that voice in the trailer. I haven't yeah. heard that in years. But mm. uh, I thought that was funny too. Huh. So anyway, that's personal branding, guys. So we thank you for listening. And uh, you know, uh you can find us everywhere it's on the internet at Nerd Brand Agency. It is nerd brand, one word. Uh we are not other any any other nerds or brands are not us and therefore falsely represent. So find us at nerdbrandagency.com. Listen to this uh, podcast or watch it at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast or go to your favorite podcast streaming service. You'll find it there. Just search for Nerdbrand Podcast. I can say Nerdbrand Podcast again. Do you want me to say Nerdbrand Podcast some more, John? I will say it again. Yeah, just say it backwards. Yeah, like Podcast podcast Nerdbrand or just like, you know, (laughs) pissed off pup in derp a derp. <laughs> I think everybody, he's broke. Everybody listening just turn the turn the radio. Yeah, everybody else was like, "Did that? Did my device break?" <laughs> Time to reboot, Jason. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways, you can check us out. Find us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, click the bell, or just subscribe. Just subscribe. Um, and you can uh, help us get that vanity roll as we're still trying to get that. And uh, of course, you know, you can just search for us, at, for, search for Nerd Brand on YouTube and you'll find us. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else really to kind of promote. Um, you know, if you're here, a business and you're here locally, uh, you just, you know, our faces, you see us, just walk up and say, hey, that episode was awesome. And if you walk up and say, that episode was meh. Uh, you know that's, that's fair fun. yeah <laughs> you can take yeah. it we'll be out at the uh more than likely be out at the st matthews business expo on yes. uh, september 9th we we think <laughs> somewhere around as best as best we can determine yes business expo september 9th st matthews chamber of commerce uh, we will be out there uh, with that. You can come visit us at the booth, say hello. We'll do this a couple more times as we get closer to that event. And, uh, you know, you'll kind of meet all the nerds as long as they can make the trip. Some of us live really far away. Uh, so she knows who she is, but we love her. Uh, but yes, you can come see us and at that event. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. And remember, keep your nerd brand strong. <laughs>